Welcome to our service of celebration tonight. Uh, we are very glad that you're here. I know some of you are here spending uh, Christmas with your family. Uh, others may be the first time you've been here. And for many, I know that uh, you live in the area, in the community, and uh, you're here every year. But uh, whatever situation is yours, we are so glad that you're here tonight as we come together to uh, celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After the first scripture reading, you will see a response. And uh, this response is not listed after each of the readings, but we will recite the response after each of the readings. And uh, you also hopefully notice that this is the first time uh, that we have played the new organ uh, in, the, in a service. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Still only one of the uh, eventual 29 stops uh, that are part of the Oregon. Only one has been completed, but we are grateful to be able to have that and to be able to hear uh, this instrument this evening. It is our prayer that during this evening's service, as we read the scriptures of Christ's coming and as we sing the carols proclaiming his birth, that this will be a, an extraordinary time of experiencing once again the wonder and the mystery of Christ's birth and of his entrance into our world and into each of our lives. As we light these candles tonight, we thank God for the hope he gives us, for the peace he bestows, for the joy he pours into our hearts, and for the love that redeems us and shows us the way. We thank God for his gift of Jesus. We thank him that through Christ, his light has come into the world and made it possible for us to see, and in seeing, to rejoice. His truth, his love, his very self transforms all who receive him. Will you pray with me, please? Loving God, Emmanuel, we thank you for being with us tonight and for sending your Son to walk with us and to lead us. Grant that the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of which we have heard and spoken of throughout the Advent may be fully realized in us as we worship and serve you through Christ Jesus our Lord, both now and in the new year that comes this night and forevermore. Amen.
Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord.
The prophet Micah foretells the glory of little Bethlehem. Marshal your troops, O city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. This is the word of the Lord.
Luke 1.26, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favored with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. i 
Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. The birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, 
but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. St. Luke tells of the birth 
of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that, was, that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. St. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. Tears are falling, hearts are breaking, how we need to hear from God. You've been promised, we've been waiting, welcome holy child, welcome holy child. Hope that you don't mind our manger. How I wish we would have known But long-awaited holy stranger Make yourself at home Please make yourself at home Bring your peace into our violence Bid our hungry souls be filled. We're now breaking heaven's silence. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. Fragile fingers sent to heal us. Tender brow prepared for thorn Tiny heart whose blood will save us Unto us is born Unto us is born So wrap our injured flesh around you Breathe our air and walk our sod. Rob our sin and make us holy, perfect Son of God. Perfect Son of God, welcome to our It has been our custom for many years in this church that our Christmas Eve offering is designated for the needs of others. 
And tonight's offering will assist uh, Jared and Deb Roy in purchasing a new vehicle for the ministry in Papua New Guinea. And also will uh, be contributed to our church benevolent fund, which makes it possible for us to help dozens of people and families each year with some of the practical needs that come to us in life. As the ushers come forward, I invite you to join me in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, shepherds and wise men of old came to worship you. They brought offerings of adoration and of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Your coming has filled our hearts with joy and our lives with meaning. And we now bring to you our gifts. Touch them with the wonder of your blessing. That they may honor you in this place and throughout the world. This we pray in the glorious name of your Son. Amen.
Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord.
Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests, the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time that the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the word of the Lord.
John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it, nor even understood it. There was a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives life, that gives light to every person, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And through him, the world was made. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, He gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord.
the darkness that enveloped that most holy night was symbolic of the sin that held the world in its grip that holy night. Isaiah speaks of people walking in darkness. John writes about the darkness of the world. And the Apostle Paul speaks of the sinful state of this world as the dominion of darkness. But we don't have to go back centuries to prove sin's darkness in this world. It's right in front of us every day. We see it in our world filled to the brim with hate and bitterness, with abuse and neglect, with hostility and war, with with people who steal and kill and lie and cheat. We see it in the world's apathy toward the most needy and in the world's all too common disregard for goodness and kindness. But let's not be naive. We see it in ourselves too. We know our own struggles with resentment and hostility. We know our own struggles with apathy and toward those who have such great need. We know that far too often we choose selfishness over goodness, coldness rather than kindness. We use people rather than loving people. We know the darkness of sin oh too well. And it's precisely because of and into this darkness to which we cling and by which we are so deeply affected that the Christ child is born. It's, it's not a simple thing for the one who is light, whose very essence and being is defined by light. It's not a simple thing for him to enter darkness. He gives up the security of heaven's light in order to enter the the, the fear-filled presence of darkness. He gives up the knowledge of, uh, and the perception that it's inherent in heaven's light in order to enter the unknown of the world's darkness. He gives up the truth of heaven's light and is overwhelmed by the lies and deceit and pain and anguish that are inherent in our darkness. And ultimately, he who is the light allows himself to be overwhelmed by darkness, until the darkness snuffs out the light. At least that's what the darkness believes. But the one who was born in Bethlehem so many years ago is born as the conqueror of darkness. Because he is born, there is light still in darkness. Light has overcome the darkness. And there is hope and despair and joy and pain and blessing in life's most difficult moments. And for all who trust in him, there is light even in the darkest night of sorrow or pain or sin. Perhaps the most most intriguing and fascinating and unexpected element of, of Christ coming into the darkness is that in receiving his light, we actually become bearers of his light. Without a doubt, Mammoth Cave is the darkest place I have ever been. Nothing else even comes close. About halfway through the tour, the whole group gathers in a large room, hundreds of feet below the surface, and the tour guide turns out all the lights. You know when you go into a dark room, after a little while your eyes begin to adjust and you can see some things. You can't do that down in the middle of Mammoth Cave. 
No matter how long you wait, your eyes do not adjust because you are in complete and total darkness. And in that darkness, interestingly enough, all it takes is is just one little speck of light to make a difference. And when another speck of light is added, it, it, it makes even more difference. And when another is added, the effect is amazing. And on and on it goes with just specks of light that begin to transform the darkness. I never cease to be amazed that the one who is light, the one who says, I am the light of the world, the one about whom John declares the light is coming into the world, bringing light to every person. This one says to his followers, you are the light of the world. And we don't always see it. But for those who are in Christ, our light, our, our tiny speck of light can penetrate the darkness. And sometimes it doesn't seem like much, but every light makes a difference. And as the light of the world shines in our darkness, bringing light to us, his light seeps through and, and shines into the darkness of others, bringing light to them. The light of love in a world of apathy. The light of forgiveness in a world of hatred and bitterness. The light of peace in a world enamored with war. The light of healing in a world of pain and abuse. The light of joy in a world of sadness and sorrow. The light of grace in a world of judgment. And the light of hope in a world of despair and hopelessness. Tonight, as we have recounted the coming of the Christ child, we celebrate once again his entrance into our lives and into our world. Into this world and into our lives of sin and darkness and sorrow and despair, Christ comes. We celebrate that his birth brings a new day and a new life and changes everything for us and for our world. As we rejoice to know that our little light shining in this world makes a difference. We celebrate the one who gives us light and who brings light through us to all the world. Almighty God, whose light came to us long ago in the birth of Jesus Christ, shed your light abroad in us and enable us to share this light of Christ in this needy, darkened world. Amen. The central large white candle is called the Christ candle because it represents Christ, the light of the world. Throughout the service, the light from the Christ candle has been carried to the pew candles. And the glow from their light helps us see in the darkness. But it's not enough. We, we need more light, more candles to be lit in order to extinguish the darkness. All who have received the light are called to share that light with others. And so we light our individual candles as well, remembering that Jesus says to his followers, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others.
And this is what we symbolize here tonight. That Jesus Christ, the light of the world, brings light to our lives. And that we together become the light of the world, shining his light for others. That they too may know his light in their lives. The words of the next carol, Silent Night, are printed on the back of your bulletin. And it will also be projected on the screens. As we sing, worshipers seated nearest the aisle will light your candle from the aisle candle and then pass the light down the row to the people next to you. The ushers will take the light to the balcony. As we sing, may God remind us of that night when love was born. And as we flood this place with candlelight, may God help us flood our world with Jesus' light. Holy Father, may the light of your Son shine in us, that we may lead others to the light and life of Jesus our Lord. In celebrating the coming of Christ, may we proclaim with our words and our lives, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Amen.
following the ringing of the bells, we ask you to extinguish your candles and you can drop them in the receptacles as you leave. Receive the benediction. And now may he who is the light of the world, the almighty God born in human flesh, even Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, fill your soul with joy and your heart with love. And may you go from this place with the light of his life shining in you. Amen.